In today's show, I'm looking ahead to Sunday's games in the NBA and letting you know what I'm watching for. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This is my What to Watch For show. I do these shows seven days a week, uh, but Monday to Friday they are on the YouTube channel, so you can only find them on YouTube, but this is uh, audio as well. So... If you want to check out the rest of them, you can check them out on YouTube. So let's have a look at what I'm watching for for Super Bowl Sunday in the NBA. The Wizards and the Hornets. The Muggsy Bogues Bowl is the first game of the day. And for the Wizards, one of the mo- most important things, I think, is watching Alex Len, who seems to have taken over the center role. Yes, he's coming off the bench behind Robin Lopez, but he's getting minutes ahead of Mo Wagner. He's getting more minutes than Robin Lopez. He's playing better than both of those blokes. And he's got potential potential 12-team value, especially with a four-game week coming up for the Wizards. So we want to watch Alex Len. Also want to watch Rui Hachimura. Maybe I'm too harsh on Rui. Yeah, I know he's coming back from COVID, um, but he's he hasn't been good. I don't think he's good. I don't think he didn't think he was good last year. I didn't think he was good as a prospect. I didn't think he was good this year. I've never thought he was good. But I always seem to be in the minority. Dude, you're being so harsh on Rui. Yeah, he's rostered in 90% of leagues. Like everyone seems to like this bloke. So let's see if I can see anything positive from Rui Hachimura. I still don't think he should be a 12-team league guy, but let's focus a bit in on him. For the Hornets, to me, it's always about LaMelo Ball. Surely he keeps starting. Um, he's playing at a fantastic level. And honestly, if he was a top 30 player, shit, this season even, but next season, wouldn't be a surprise. I uh, want to watch him. And I want to watch Miles Bridges, who came off the bench last game, even though Paul Washington was out, and barely played. And it was pretty confusing. He'd been getting 25 minutes a night nearly every night. And then last game with Washington out, he played 15 minutes. So let's watch what Bridges' role is. Now in his 25-minute role normally, he wasn't a 12-team league guy, but with Washington out, he was. So we want to see what his role looks like and how they run uh, how they run those rotations. Next up, the Jazz and the Pacers, the Boyan Bogdanovich Bowl. So let's watch Boyan Bogdanovich, who has been terrible, except for about the last week where he's shooting the ball really well. The minutes have always been consistently good. The usage is fine. He just wasn't hitting shots, and now he is. So let's see. I think one of the most important things with Bogdanovich, though, is getting to the line. And if he gets to the line as well as hitting the shots, then he can be a top 100 player. If he doesn't do those things combined, then he's not. So let's watch what he's doing. And um, Joe Ingles, I think, is someone that's pretty important to watch for this Jazz team on Sunday, especially with the situation with Mike Conley and his hamstring. Ingles, I assume, will move into the starting lineup um, and and start there next to Don Mitchell. And when Ingles can play 30-plus minutes, he does become a 12-team league player. And I think that's what we're going to see here. Jeremy Lamb is just hes one of the most up-and-down players in the NBA. In fact... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And Nate Bjorkman has no issue that if he's shooting poorly, he'll play him 19 minutes. If he's shooting well, he plays him 32 minutes. 
So let's just see what Lamb looks like. Let's look at the shot attempts. Let's look at the consistency of those shots and what the hell else he can do. While I also want to watch my mate, the Dart Gogo Badadze. Problem with my Gogomobile. Gogomobile. No, not the Dart. Not the Dart. Now, last game, he played 19 minutes. He played 13 the game before. But it's instructive that he played 19 minutes and Turner played 26 and Sabonis played 29 when they lost by one point. You know that I think Badadze is going to be an NBA starter. Uh, it's hard on this team, obviously, with Sabonis and Turner. There has to be trades that go down. But I want to see how he develops. I want to see how much they actually play him. Because last game, Sabonis played 29 and Turner played 26. So we'd like to see more minutes there for Goga. And it was a night where Sabonis really struggled. So let's see how much they actually play the dart and how he looks when he's out there. Next game, the Heat and the Knicks, the Anthony Mason Bowl, Kendrick Nunn. Big opportunity for Nunn again, who's playing at a higher level than he has he did in his rookie season in the games that he's playing, but he's always limited. Now, with Goran Dragic out again, he's going to get a big run, and he's going to be worth an ad for a 12-team league. He played 32 minutes last game, but you know, he was a DMPCD the last three games, and in fact, his game log is wild. These are his last you know, nine games, 39, 32, 35, 39, 33 minutes, then 0, 0, 0, then 32. So when he comes in, he plays big minutes, and then when everyone's healthy, he doesn't play at all. Let's see how he goes. Even those, those, uh, you know, these last couple of games, especially now with Bradley and Dragic out, there's a big opportunity here for none. So let's watch what he does. And I want to watch Duncan Robinson, who is struggling, hasn't hit 30 minutes in each of the last three games. He's not a must-roster 12-team points league player. I'd even say that he's not a must-roster 12-team league guy for category leagues. You probably still want him on a roster. But when I say must-roster, I mean that if you see him on the waiver wire, then you absolutely have to grab him. That's what I mean. That's what must-roster means. Yeah, should roster, maybe roster. That's when I say if he's on the waiver wire... You probably look at him and go, yeah, maybe I add him, but maybe it doesn't make sense for my team. But he probably should be on someone's roster. And I think that's where we're sitting with Robinson because his value is obviously highly tied into the, the three-point category. And he's not doing too much else. And as more and more players hit threes, the guys whose value is solely dependent on that one category, their value comes down because the scarcity of the three-point category uh, drops. And I think we're seeing that with Dunk at the moment. We're seeing that with guys like Davis Bertans, although Bertans isn't even hitting his shots. For the Knicks, oh man, I don't know what to say. I want to watch Emmanuel quickly because I just don't know what the hell Tom Thibodeau is going to do. You know, three games where he's close to 30 minutes and then he plays like 12 minutes. And now the Knicks, apparently they want to trade for Derek Rose. Let's get this straight. Derek Rose is worse than Alfred Payton at the moment. He is really struggling. But if he comes in, who do you think is losing minutes? Is it Payton or is it quickly? I'll tell you who it is. It's not the bloke whose name is Alfred Payton, which is immensely frustrating. And this is something that I warned against. And yeah, I made some adjustments to Quickly's projections when, okay, surely even a dickhead like Tom Thibodeau doesn't, he looks at this and goes, we just have to continue to play Quickly 27, you know, 26 to 27 minutes. We have to do it. There's no excuse not to. But I said, look, just watch it because Payton will have a good game and you'll play 35 minutes and Quickly won't play. And then, of course, the very next game, that exact thing happened. And it's happened for two games in a row now. So we want to watch what they do with Quickly um, and how they can muck it up. And you can make the argument that they're going to make the playoffs and he's got them winning games. And that's that's all true. They are winning games. They're currently in line for the playoffs. But this is not a team that challenges for a top four seed. This is not a team that has any hope of being a championship level team, especially not one that's led by Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton in the backcourt. 
So getting to be the eighth seed, getting to be the ninth seed into a playoff scenario while not developing any younger players or trying to run with those guys and then trading for a busted-ass 32-year-old Derek Rose is just showing your priorities are way off. No one denied that Tom Thibodeau is an upgrade in coach over David Fisdale or over Mike Miller. Look, there's no denying that. But what he does is not, it's not positive for the future of a team. Much better with someone like a Mark Dagnot. Um, that would have been a much, and you know, I hated the Thibodeau hire. I still hate it now, despite, and look, because he's doing exactly what I thought he would do. Run players into the ground, show no prioritization for the future, and then do dumb shit like what we're seeing with this quickly scenario. I want to watch Alec Burks as well because his minutes are back up now too. He's not going to be that top 20 player that he was before his injury to begin the season. <clears throat> he's probably more suited to 14-team leagues than 12-teamers. But the production is back up for him. Now, I think he's a significantly better player than Bullock and he should be starting and he should play 30 minutes a night. So if you believe that like I do, and if you also think that Tom Thibodeau may come around and believe that, then he can be a 12-team league player. The Celtics and the Suns, the Aaron Baines Bowl. Carson Edwards started the second half last game for the Celtics with no Marcus Smart and no Jalen Brown. Will he do that again? I don't particularly think Edwards is a very good player, but their other options are limited. Jeff Teague, he's finished. He is not an NBA rotation caliber player anymore. Aaron Neesmith, didn't like the draft pick, hasn't proved me wrong so far. I don't think he's up to it. The guy that they should be starting is Peyton Pritchard. Now, will they do that, or will they put Jason Tatum at the two and start Grant Williams again? There's a lot of questions there. Edwards could be a stream with only five games on. I'm absolutely streaming Peyton Pritchard, though, because there is only the five games on. He should see his role increase, and he is the better option there. For the Suns, I didn't, get, didn't do a recap after Friday's games, but Monty Williams is a questionable coach. I know the Suns are significantly better than where they are. That's more of a talent thing than a coaching thing. Good bloke, great bloke, one of the best blokes in the NBA. And I think that, that factors in for sure. But the idea that teams are going big, according to Monty, all these teams are going big, it was unfair to have Cam Johnson guarding Zion Williamson. So the answer is to put Frank Kaminsky. I tell you what would have been unfair, having Frank Kaminsky guard Zion Williamson. Have, has he seen Frank Kaminsky play defense? Has he seen him play offense? But the Celtics are going to be out there starting Tyson Thompson again. So Frank Kaminsky is going to get another start. Does that make him a stream option? P potentially. He shot the ball really well. But Kaminsky is not the answer. Unless the question is, who's the shittest tall white man in the NBA? Then maybe that's the answer. I want to watch Devin Booker as well. Because he's just not getting assists, and I don't think they're coming back. How? And this is the thing that's curious with him is, it's not like he played with any sort of um, you know, spud point guard last year or someone who didn't... Uh, get a ton of assists last year because he played with Ricky Rubio, whose job is a pass-first point guard. But Booker still got six per game. Now, Monty Williams has let Chris Paul completely take over this team. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but we've seen their pace drop considerably down to Chris Paul paces, like 98, 99 possessions per game. And the ball just gets taken out of Booker's hands. And that's obviously impacting his fantasy numbers. The Kings and the Clippers, the Matt Barnes Bowl. Hassan Whiteside. The Big game on Saturday, four blocks, double-double, in double, you know, 18, 19 minutes. It's fine in those minutes. I think he's a solid enough streamer if he gets those minutes. I'll tell you one thing about him. He's better than Bagley. He's a much better player than Marvin Bagley. So he should be getting... Look, in terms of... Nah, let's try this again. In terms of 
who's producing at an NBA level at the moment? It's obviously Whiteside. Now, the guy that you want to play at his best position, which is Marvin Bagley, you'd want, I would want as a coach to just say, Marvin, it's not working with you as a starting power forward because you're not and never have been a power forward. So let's play you 18 minutes as the backup center and see if you can do anything there. But that's not what Walton's doing. And that's enabling Whiteside to get these minutes. So let's watch what Hassan does and see whether he can be maybe a 14-team league ad. Darren Fox, who was a little bit disappointing on Saturday, but had played well up until then. I want to pay a little bit more attention to him because he has upped his game over the last couple of weeks. So let's see a bit more from him. For the Clippers, there's no Paul George, so the Duck, Luke Kennard, will get another start. Um, <clears throat> you can add him for Sunday, but the Clippers don't play again, I think, until Wednesday next week. So you know, having guys like him and Reggie Jackson is probably not the best way to go about uh, structuring your roster. And then if it's a Zubats, who's playing at a very, very high level. The problem is, is the minutes aren't high enough to make him a must-roster 12-teamer. He's a solid 16-teamer, and he's a solid 14-teamer, but there just isn't enough playing time, which is unfortunate for if it's a Zubats. Let's have a look at some streams now. <clears throat> Big on streaming, Alex Len. Rob Williams, if you're looking for some field goal percentage and blocks uh, in Boston. Kendrick Nunn, an elite stream. And then the two Knicks guards who are getting minutes at the moment, Alec Burks and Alfred Payton, can be stream options for Sunday's game. I won't be doing a pregame show tomorrow because all of the games tip off. The, the earliest, so the latest game tips off here at 7 a.m. And I'm not getting up at 4.30 to do a pregame show. So no pregame show tomorrow. But there will be still the waiver wire show. There'll be the recap show. There'll be a what to watch for show for Monday. That'll all still be here. Don't worry. And I hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl. Don't gather in too big a crowds. Keep your masks on. Enjoy wings, ribs, whatever else you're going to have. Nachos, whatever you're having at your Super Bowl party. Enjoy it. Stay safe. Subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give me a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Hit the bell notification and uh, I will speak to you tomorrow. Guys, thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.